Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately, my life has gotten way, way, way more busy, and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor, they make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian-approved to be nutritious and delicious, Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off. That's code comingoutpod50 at factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50. Get 50% off! Bye! Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
Hello, everyone. Hi there. <laughs> Welcome to Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole. We are a weekly podcast where we have queer folks on from all walks of life. They tell us the tales of how they came out to friends, family, and the world at large. Because who doesn't love a coming out story? We are so excited today to have Avi Roque on, oh, that just feels so good coming Ooh. off the tongue, um, on the podcast. Avi and I met in December um, doing a just like transcendent uh, musical reading of, of a new queer musical called Beneath the Bowtie. Um, there were a bazillion incredible queer actors and artists and stuff in it um, at the Geffen Playhouse in, in L.A. Um, and it was just a really lovely, like, you know, fast and dirty uh, one week experience. But everybody, you know, bonded over it. And it was it was wonderful. And and Avi, like the first few days that we were there, I was like, I know Avi. Where have I seen Avi perform? Like it was like killing me. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second. Because you and I were talking and I and I was like making you recite your resume so that I could like, <laughs> figure it out. And then you said Tales of the Transcestors, which was directed by... Po former podcast Sean Dasani, um, who we had on uh, a few years ago, who is absolutely lovely, uh, directed this this play, and I wanted to go support Sean. Um, and it was, I mean, Avi. First of all, please please introduce yourself. Avi is a, a. Do you say do you say Latinx or Latine? Sure. I have swapped over to Latine, 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 Latine um, with the E. Yeah. Um, so only because now I'm not fluent in Spanish, but um, it is the language of my people. And mm -hmm. I know or I've learned that E is easier when it comes to speaking Spanish, having uh. an E at the end to make it gender neutral. So uh, for instance, okay. when it comes to pronouns, my pronouns are they, them. And then in Spanish, it would be um, ella, E-L-L-E, rather than ella, which is the feminine uh, or oh, ello, or okay, el, gotcha, gotcha. or like amigas, amigues, with the e at the end would be like the more gender neutral term for friends. Oh, that's okay. so cool. That makes total sense. That you know, like that that feels like a great, um, I don't know, a great compromise because you're saying like I want to make this easier, mm -hmm. easier for 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 you, and mm -hmm. also make it feel great for us, and it's sort of like everybody wins. Um, so that's I, cool. yeah, that's wow, that's great. Okay, so yes, and you're, <laughs> you're an actor and a uh, an audiobook narrator, which I have so much respect for because I have uh, narrated two and they are not easy. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and you also play Rain Whispers yes. on The Owl House yes. on Disney uh, for the for a uh, animation fans out there. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Avi, um, so the the uh, this this is all to say. Also, go back to yes. um, Avi was so incredible in this tales of the Transcestors show, which was, uh, I mean, Avi, if you want to explain it, you'll do a better job than than I just as a, a witness of it. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> no problem. Um, well, first, the actors that were cast, the artists that were cast, all are were all trans, mm -hmm. and so the assignment was to 
find a historical figure, a transgender historical figure um, that is documented. I mean, it's hard. You know, our history, our queer history is challenging sometimes to pinpoint and and find any kind of research Mm -hmm. on. But then write, devise, create an original work uh, telling the story of that person. You know, so it was just really awesome to be a part of something like that. And to tell the story specifically for me, for uh, someone that I only recently learned about in the last two years, uh, Amelio Robles Avila, who was the first like transgender um, uh, Mexican revolution uh, general. <laughs> like oh, he, wow. fought, yeah, yeah. he fought in the Mexican revolution, uh, but was assigned female at birth, but lived his life as, as a man, as who he was. And anyways, yeah. Oh, it was so, it was so, um, it was beautiful to watch from uh, multiple angles, but I felt like I learned so much as well. So it really, it was, it was uh, profound. And your performance really stuck with me, which is why then when we were in the, the reading together, I was like, I have seen Avi. So anyway, um, so thank you so much for, for joining us. And um, yeah, I mean, you all, you answered a little bit of this, but uh, for the folks out there, how, how do you identify? Sure. Uh, I identify, I definitely use transgender, trans, transmasculine, uh, mm-hmm. and non-binary. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And queer and so, as well. And queer. And queer. So <laughs> can I ask a question just because... Um, I, I'm just I'm just curious about everybody's different like um, very particular uh, uh, identifiers, but um, combination sure. of identifiers specifically. So um, yeah. for you, why they them and not he him? If you mm-hmm. also identify as transmasculine, which so many people sure. do, and so many people sure. have that exact combination, and I feel like I I'm, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess it could just stem from my non-binary for me is like as far as gender is a very like internal, a spiritual thing. And it's very much of like what I feel. And if I guess put it to words, it's like I do not feel like a man and Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. do not really relate or identify with that. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing. It's like I'm still probably maybe holding certain ideal ideology around what a man is sure um but yeah yeah i mean it's still something that like it's funny right pre-transition being misgendered uh, on the other end of the spectrum she her was Mm. you know challenging Mm. now because of how i present i obviously (laughs) get misgendered still he yeah. him yeah but it's less sure. of a um i mean i've done a lot of healing around that but it's less of a wound per se yes uh, that makes sense but still it doesn't sit right still like it's still something i clock when someone's like thank you sir yeah, <laughs> you know uh-huh. and, um uh-huh. but yeah so they them i don't know it just and for yeah. me i think it is so much a, a fusion of who I am. I feel like exterior, yes, I have a very masculinized, masculine presentation. Uh, However, when I think about my body, it feels very of both. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, and, and I love the description reason. of yeah. yeah. Oh no, I love the description of that as spiritual too, yeah. because I do think that I think gender different than sex, right? Mm-hmm. Like gender mm-hmm. feels on it is spiritual. It is, mm-hmm. it just is spiritual, and it's spiritual in history too. Yeah, when you look back at the the way in which like different cultures have treated people who are non-binary or identifying somewhere in the genderqueer spectrum, like there is a div- a divinity about it, about mm-hmm. the way that that is all handled, and the same way that there is a divinity about you know those who identify as as male, female, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think thinking about it in that in that way, um, I don't know. I just love thinking about it that, in that way. It makes total sense to me so anyway yes so okay so (laughs) where does your whole journey start uh, yeah. I know it's a big question yeah, it is, it is. I, was, I was gearing up being like okay Avi you can can you do this I can do this no no um I feel like it's something that I've had practice in in sharing and I feel like uh, I'll start sure with how I was when I was born, right? I was assigned female at birth. I feel that with that gender marker, uh, a lot got layered onto me um, that were related to societal norms and expectations of what a baby girl is. Um, I was given a name. A gifted a very a very beautiful name um that later yes we would change but stay chronological so yes she her i'm given this name i have an older sister who two, who's two years older than me um growing up with that i think i always saw a lot of comparison as well mm. um just growing up and then finding more of my voice as i got older toddler um like in kindergarten to about five years old, I started showing more uh, gender expression of more. Uh, I was labeled a tomboy. I'm putting mm-hmm. that in quotes mm-hmm. um, because of sure wanting my hair short and wanting to shop in the boys' department. <laughs> so let's be honest, uh, the boys' department. Yeah. has always been cooler. Oh, I'm just, yeah. I'm just I mean, that, yeah, because what you just there. said would describe me, and I'm not trans or non-binary. <laughs> right. So it's like these things are so arbitrary yes, for what yes. they end up indicating, quote-unquote. Yeah, makes so, me crazy. Even now, especially yeah. as a parent, yeah. when I go shopping, and I'm like, I can't believe we're still yeah. in now 2023. Mm-hmm. Definitely. This, anyway, whatever. Okay. No. I feel early on, I feel like this is something I talked to my therapist about. Let's go back to toddler. But like being three years old and I had this memory of like sitting on this little like rocking horse like toy at my grandma's house. And like my sister was sitting on the couch. And I remember just like crying because like I didn't feel like like right or good. Mm -hmm. Like already that belief started to like settle in to my fiber of like the fibers of my being of Mm -hmm. like seeing something but being like that's not me Mm -hmm. um so that's like a little touchstone um again the expression of showing you know more masculine ways of presenting um even with not wanting to do the extracurricular activity of ballet and instead being put into yeah being put into martial arts so i did karate that's right um (laughs) 
Um, but then, so, you know, growing up, you start to become a, more aware of yourself and in relation to your environment, your community, your peers. And then I always say that gender got swept under the rug. And that kind of like, okay, got lost somewhere. And then I felt like I did buy into a little bit of like still my parents making choices for me. Sure. And then third, fourth grade is when I said, wait a second, I want to do more of what I want to do and what feels good. And that's the thing. I Even though my parents uh, did not have resources to talk about any of these things, mm-hmm. they were very generous and gracious in saying yes mm-hmm. to me wanting to, for instance, again, cut my hair short and shop in the boys' department and continue to play sports mm-hmm. or things like that. And so I did do that. So that was a little still playing with gender expression. Well, and there's like, at Mm -hmm. that time, I mean, I don't know how how old you are, but I feel like you're probably, we're ish peers, you might be a little younger than me. Um, But like, I I feel like also that word tomboy Mm -hmm. did a lot of heavy lifting at that time. Like, it It just, it really did Mm -hmm. because... I have, I mean, I have uh, one of my best girlfriends is absolutely cis straight and it was the biggest tomboy that I yeah, knew gr- it's growing just, up. It's like, like such truly, a broad depth. It's like yeah. the queer of like, it's like one of the, it's an umbrella term for like any girl who's yes. not wearing yeah. fake eyelashes <laughs> and having a tea party yeah. at five. Like, exactly. So you, you have like, so you, so yeah. it, there's almost a, um, I mean, certainly like, a false sense of safety that like later it, it, that you know that that um that security blanket of the word tomboy becomes thinner and thinner until it's just a thread you know right. for those who are queer and gender nonconforming etc um but it is i think it was at least at that time pretty easy to go okay even for parents to mm-hmm. go okay well mm-hmm. my girl is mm-hmm. just a tomboy and so mm-hmm. that's fine we know what that is. That's socially acceptable. Tomboy. Right. Cool. You know, so it allows everybody to sort of <laughs> kick the can down the road. <laughs> Do, you yeah. know? Do you know what I mean? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember having thoughts. I was very uh, fascinated with anatomy as a kid. Mm. Um, so I feel like I remember another memory was my mom buying me this book, uh, like for kids. And it was all about like, boys and girls bodies and what's the difference and I remember just being in my room alone and just like staring and like studying the boys page (laughs) and Mm -hmm. like just like sitting with that and like I feel like I do remember having moments of being like I want to be a boy and I wish Mm -hmm. that I could just wake up the next day and like if I had one wish it would be like I would be a boy Mm -hmm. so I feel like those were all things that definitely were present but weren't fully able to be processed or realized until later in my life Mm -hmm. um and manifest in the way that it that it has uh so yeah so that was that okay third fifth grade third fourth fifth grade like playing with my gender expression again um and then 
puberty, you know, starts to come into play. And now that's when sexuality and attractions start, you know, being starts being a thing. And again, having an older sister, I was always crushing on my sister's friends. (laughs) Like, um, uh, and, and so I do recall, again, very vivid moments of like, clocking and being aware of like, what gave me butterflies and what made me like nervous and mm-hmm. you know flustered and it was being around girls mm-hmm. and but again feeling very a lot of shame around that or secrecy around that um and then come eighth grade I knew it was time to go to high school and like many of us might do it's an opportunity to start fresh Um, So my thing was really like 360 and really digging into what I thought a feminine girl should be needed to be. So, I mean, like, I was wearing, like, makeup. I had mascara, eyeliner, you know. I I, uh, would wear heels and dresses. And, like, I really, really went in. in. (laughs) I leaned in deep. You know what, it, what, what again, like this, it was disassociating. Yeah. That okay, gotcha, so, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so cool. it was really I mean, just. Cool. No, no. <laughs> cool, cool. So cool. Awesome. cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that, I was like, boys need to like me, right? So that was my trajectory in high school was just being like, I am a girl, I have to be a girl, and I got to get boys to like me. (laughs) Isn't that just such a a tragic statement about, like, (laughs) what society teaches girls they are worth? Like, the truly of being like, okay, now that Mm -hmm. I am putting on the costume Mm -hmm. of girl, right? Like, I am putting the the performance of girl on, so Mm -hmm. the first priority the top thing is mm-hmm. must get boys to like me right. that is what i know about girls through the that... cis male gaze still yes, right 100%, and that's, that's yeah. standard mm-hmm. um a funny little anecdote about hair though so Ooh. in high school i was like okay well i tried bleaching i tried waxing like my mustache right because being yeah. you know having a lot of mexican in me i have quite some thick hair and so i'm, I'm, I'm with you I'm, it's been a whole eastern european yeah okay it's been a journey yes even yes. went so far as to like laser like try lasering yeah. when it was first oh, a, a, wow. a new thing yeah yes uh, so we went to the mall <laughs> My mom, and that was the other thing. My mom was like, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, basically. um, So, okay. Well, I only got through, I think, three or four sessions because like the fourth session, like the laser went like berserk and haywire and it like ricocheted and then it cut my like top of my lip. No. So then like literally I was like scarred literally and then just scarred like emotionally um the scar is gone now but i stopped going so now i joke because after taking as we'll learn uh testosterone and um masculizing my features (laughs) hair growth facial hair has been a thing but if you look at my mustache it's a little patchy so (laughs) which which uh... 
because of the hair. Yeah. The lasering yeah. still killed some follicles. Uh, which is, it, I can't, wow. I, you know, for the right audience, that is, I guess, an endorsement of laser hair removal, like, yeah, this wow. many years Holy later. Shit. But, oh, my God. But oh. it is funny. It is oh. funny. But anyways. Yeah. I, I went. I went far into the future. Um, <laughs> uh, so where were we? High school. Yes. Okay. Girl, be a girl. Get boys to like me. Um, so that resulted in me having a boyfriend, but also having a secret girlfriend. <gasps> so, oh shit! Uh, simultaneously. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was in yeah. the secret girlfriend camp too. Secret girlfriends, yep. mm-hmm. um, best friend, but you know, secret girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't have the self awareness of how maybe I was hurting myself and hurting others, but more about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, I remember going to confession one time because Catholic school, you know, we had to you, we had an option around Lent or Advent time to be like, hey, uh, I'm going to sign up for confession so I can go, you know, tell the priest my sins. <laughs> and so I went and this was when I was dating um, this boy and also this girl. So uh, I told the priest, I was like, listen, I feel like I'm lying to myself and people that I like. Wow love and like that pe- like and people that really care about me what do I do and they were like well maybe you know if you don't feel like you can have a conversation with them maybe you can write them a letter and and maybe share like that your feelings that way well me being like yeah it's a great idea so I basically wrote a letter to this boy being like hey I am, it's junior year and, you know, college is applications and like I'm doing theater and student council, FYI. I was doing every single extracurricular there was because that's another thing, I think, as like a a young queer person. um, For me, those were like shields or things that would. Yeah, keep busy. Yes, keep busy and normalize me. They still are for me. Oh! (laughs) Like, yes, you know, all the activities, all the things to talk about in therapy. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. One thousand percent. So I did. I wrote a a letter to the boy being breaking up, basically. But he was Mm. so kind and he was so sweet. Like, he really liked me. And like I always say, if I was in another timeline in another way, like, I feel like I would be with him. Like yeah. he was so like lovely. he was very, very lovely and sweet. Um, but mm-hmm. he didn't really he backed off, but he just always was there, which made it mm-hmm. harder because yeah. I felt like he wasn't really like giving up. He yeah. Well, like, and you didn't say it's also because yes. I don't like boys, you yes, know, like so. It's, right. So then it's this and you don't want to say that you can't exactly. say that I really on some level. Yeah. And so, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 I get yeah. It. So that continued, but then I continued to date that the, this girl, and and it eventually mm-hmm. allowed a what I call a very traumatic forced coming out for me. Uh-huh. So this was in high school. Um, so I was sixteen at this point. So okay, the boy showed up to my house, just on a whim, like <gasps> during the week on a school night. And he had a chocolate rose and this card. And he was just like, it was just basically him being like, I like you a lot. And, you know, you're great. (laughs) Very romantic gesture. 
And so then I walk back into the house holding these things. And my mom goes, who's that from? And I say, it's from the boy. And she's like, oh, I really love him. He's such a great guy. And that broke me. I feel like that was like the moment of everything coming to for me of being like, oh, my God, this is not. This is not what I want. Like, yeah. I've been holding what was a felt like a burden, like a weight. Mm-hmm. And like that sent that only that sentiment and that like what seems like a harmless response from my mom felt like that's what started to crack me open. Mm-hmm. And so uh, moms being moms, she's like, what's wrong? <laughs> of course. And I'm like, nothing, you know, doing the teenager thing. Nothing. Leave me alone. I go to my room she's then all of a sudden in the doorway being like, what's wrong? Is something a matter? Like, you know, you can tell me. And like, now I'm feeling pressure. And so then all of a sudden she goes, does it have to do anything with the girl? Oh, interesting. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I felt trapped. I I felt literally trapped, stuck, like, in my room with my mom in the doorway. Now, like, having this great reveal of, like, she knew this. She knows something's going on. Yeah. And so I proceed to say, listen, all I can do, I was journaling. So I was writing the whole account and the whole story and, like, my feelings of how everything was evolving and happening. Mm. And so the impulsive, I don't know, fearless person that I felt like in that moment was like, just sit down and, and I can't look at you, but I can read this to you. Okay. Oh, I, th- I literally wow. thought you were going to be didn't like, open I my reading. My I was going to oh. be like, oh my God, you did what? Like, well, no, I did kind of read, like I read like what I had been documenting. Future audiobook narrator. <laughs> you read it. I read it out loud. <laughs> I should have known. Um, <laughs> so basically, the, that's the what happened. Open mic night that in the <laughs> it era. was, but y'all, I couldn't. I I struggled to even like get. I I I felt like I had to finish it. I started it, oh, but I was gosh. crying like midway yeah, through to the end, and to the point when then like I just really could not look at my mom, and I just said, oh. I can't be here anymore. I can't be here right now. Oh. So I like left. And this is where, like, that little serendipitous moment of, like, a friend of mine who at the time did know a little bit about what was going Mm. on happened to be in the neighborhood visiting a boy that she liked. And it just worked out to where, like, she came to pick me up. And this was that, like, ultimate release. The moment I walked out, I collapsed and, like, fell and just, Mm. like, started wailing and crying and like because that was finally like the big release and my friend was like what's going on oh gosh are you okay uh so then i told her and then she was like listen i feel like you still need to go like back and tell your mom or talk to your mom sorry like i'm sure she's probably waiting for you and you know worried you're worried like maybe if you go I'll wait for you out here, and Aww. and if it doesn't go well, then you can come stay the night at my place. Aww. So Aww. I was like, okay, thank you. Yes, okay, fine. So I went in. When you open the front door, like, there's the living room. The lights were off, but then I turned the light on, and my mom's just sitting there in the dark on the couch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> So we sit down together, sit with her. Um, And this is where it's one of those moments where it wasn't what maybe I needed or expected or wanted, but it was a lot of questioning 
because mm. my mom really wanted to understand. Mm. So it was just felt like an interrogation okay. and not a celebration. Um, yeah. So yeah. I kind of um, decided after I was getting frustrated with the conversation to just go stay at my friend's. And now this is the the history of how my family handles big things is then we don't talk about it. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So now that thing is out, you know, my mom probably told my dad and told my sister. uh, But other than that, we don't have a discussion about it. We don't talk about it. And I kind of just get to live my life and get to date this girl. And, you know, we start we, we date. She was a year younger than me, so we dated the first semester of college for me. So we stayed wow. together. But this is a wow. interesting little twist where I didn't want to stay together. I wanted to end the relationship and and again start over yeah, somewhere start else. Well, yeah, I <laughs> yeah, totally get totally. that. And did you did you tell your mom that night, uh-huh. like in the interrogation? Um, uh-huh. Did you say the words like, oh, great question. I'm gay or no. was it no? No. Okay. I never could name or say the words I'm gay or and I never related or identified to the word lesbian. Wow. Um, sure. So yeah. I feel like I never really. I think it was just like, I love who I love. Like, I like yeah. girls. I'm a girl and I like girls. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally um, get that. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't until, yeah, probably um, college maybe when I started embracing more of being like, I'm gay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then like. After yeah. that discussion with your mom, when you two mm-hmm. were still, when you and the girl were were still mm-hmm. dating, was that still covert or did it become like, <sighs> it like beca- you were the couple yeah. at school? Like, yeah. You know, it became, it was still a little covert, but like it felt like everyone knew. It's just no one was like making a big deal about it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it it was, yeah, and it was mostly though within the context of um, the theater circle. Theater, theater sure, totally. Yeah, you know. Safe space. Safe space, safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. But definitely, no, like, yeah, we held hands, we kissed, we did PDA, you know. Wow. Went on dates. That's a big thing. Like, I felt like that was, and my first, that was my first, like, you know, sexual experience and being physically intimate with someone. And Um. yeah, so that was that. So with that, though, I felt very attached because I felt like I had found all the definitions of myself Mm, in her. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that was my first queer love and relationship. So there was a lot of mm-hmm. weight and pressure like on that. Um, yeah. So when I lost that relationship, when she broke up with me, my second semester of my freshman year in college, oh. I felt like the world was over. I felt like that was that point, though, of I failed at love, but now sure. I don't know who I am. Yes. Now mm-hmm. I don't know yes. who I like. And yeah, I well, because totally. my because my my own my sexuality and my identity mm. is wrapped up in the exploration of it yes. with this one person. Yes. Yeah, I felt the same way after my first breakup. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yep. yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's what happened, and I uh, did my exploring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, hey, y'all. In this new year, work hard, play hard, and slay through the sweat with NUX Active. NUX Active is high-performance activewear that does not compromise on the chic. Located in Los Angeles, their diverse women-operated team oversees every meticulous detail of the design process from the first stitch to the last shipment. They channel positive planet vibes through a commitment to using the best organic fabrics and recycled materials as much as possible. Nux Active is active fashion that flexes and fits like a buttery second skin. And let me tell you, mm. okay, from having now worn my new Nux Active full, I, I got a sports bra and pants. Buttery second skin is actually the perfect way to describe this. Mm. I, I'm telling you, in the whole of the time that I have been working out as an adult human being, I have never put on such a comfortable workout outfit. Like, to the point where I was like, is it appropriate for me to wear this to my dentist today? That was a real thought that I had because it is that comfortable. So power through Pilates, dare to reach your hit goals and strive for that extra rep in Nux Active. Run, do not walk, run over to NuxActive.com. That's N-U-X-A-C-T-I-V-E.com to check out the latest collection and energizing colorways and... As a special gift to you, take 20% off your purchase with promo code COMINGOUT20 at checkout. It's a new year, y'all! Make positive moves with Nux Active. Oh, hey, y'all. You've heard me brag for a while now about how I, a person who used to be scared to use my own oven, learned how to cook like a real live adult during lockdown, and now I am as good as that guy on the bear. Now, this is all true. Uh, here's the thing, though. Even though I am now an amazing chef, it takes me a very long time to cook. It is not something that comes naturally to me. And lately my life has gotten way, way, way more busy and I do not have the time to devote to cooking like I used to. That is why I am so deeply excited about the pod's new sponsor. They came along exactly when I needed them. I am talking about Factor. Let me tell you a little bit about Factor. Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You will have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And... There's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. Y'all, do you understand how amazing it is to have a microwave meal that that tastes like I spent hours cooking it, but it comes pre-prepared? One of my favorites that Factor sent me was roasted garlic butter salmon with celery root cauliflower mash and Parmesan broccoli, and it just came like that. I didn't have to cook it. Y'all, what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Here are some facts. Factor 
They make two-minute meals. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They also do snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save, y'all. Factor has done the math. They are less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is the perfect solution if you are looking for fast, upscale options done easily. They're also flexible for your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We are talking no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there is no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. What more do you need to hear, y'all? Head to factormeals.com slash comingoutpod50 and use code comingoutpod50 to get 50% off! That's code COMINGOUTPOD50 at factormeals.com slash COMINGOUTPOD50. Get 50% off! Bye. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Where did you go to college? Were you still in San Fran? Uh, no, I went to Cal State Fullerton, so Orange okay. County. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. yes. Um, and and uh, yeah, had my fun, lived a good college life. <laughs> it was doing theater. <laughs> um, uh, but but definitely that's when I then found my second girlfriend. Um, and that's the thing back to like my exploring was with mm-hmm. cis men. And I felt like I never it I always felt so uncomfortable and like violated. Like it just never like talk oh. about like but that in was college a, you were you were having an intimate intimate experiences yes, with yes. Cis men. That's ah. so yes. interesting. Yes. So why did you or not why, that sounds sure. so aggressive, but like <laughs> do you know what made you decide to explore that after having a full-on intimate experience with a woman and enjoying it, but something still prompted you Mm -hmm. to be like, let me give this a try again, (laughs) or like what? Because I guess that it was the thing of like, I hadn't tried it. So like, how do I know I don't like it? That's That's actually like a a healthier reason than I thought. Okay, Okay. that's good. I thought you were like, ah, that failed. I have to force myself. But it's actually just like an openness of like, that's cool. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. No, it definitely was like a let me see what this is about. Because what if I do like it? Who knows? Yeah, yeah. But no, at that time, it, it my, no. <laughs> oh, no, I said, no, <laughs> thank you, um, away. Uh, and then I met my uh, my second girlfriend. So similarly, I don't know, she was a year younger. And we met in theater. And um, we like, yeah, we lived together my senior year. 
This was a little bit more open of a less covert. Um, but mm. I'm not going to lie. I still struggled with owning it mm. um, until the end of my senior year when I was part of the university honors program. And I it was the moment where I actually got to do my first piece of devised theater. So like I got to create and, and tell a story and I chose to make it a physical theater piece telling my story about loving who I want to love. Mm. Um, so that was like a coming out to my my peers and family and a moment for actually owning it. Mm. Um, so that was that moment of kind of coming out in terms of sexuality. I would say with gender and presentation, like I said, that was still kind of swept under the rug. But in college, I definitely started adapting more of a um, androgynous look. Um, and at that point, I actually had conversations with my mom. So we okay. had finally been able to revisit and have more open conversations um, around the time I had my second girlfriend. So mm. now it was more open, known. I think my mom had time to kind of like sure. adjust, settle, get used to it, understand, do her own research. Um, so we were good there. Uh, and that went uh, into my extended family as well. Everyone knew. Um, wow, like, I think awesome. she came to visit, you know, for like wow. a spring break or something like that. So it was, I was much more comfortable with mm. my sexuality. And then uh, I decided to move to Chicago. Now Chicago, now, now this is like the third chapter, I guess. <laughs> Fourth <laughs> chapter, I don't know. But I really still wanted to do theater. It was yeah. my passion. It was my love. I wanted to figure out what I had to do to keep doing it and keep creating and keep being an artist. And so I was still um, using she, her pronouns, still using my given birth name, everything like that. Um, moved and was like, oh, I'm going to live my best queer life. And like, I got to like go to the clubs and find girls and like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, yeah, early 20, 21, just trying to live my best gay life. Um, and I met this girl. That was that was an interesting moment because she was she had a boyfriend at the time. And I think I do know that like people that she's dated after or also have been have have been trans like mask people and stuff like that. So I was her her gateway drug so <laughs> <laughs> so were you aware of trans mask identity at that point or were you and were you starting to question anything mm -hmm. and or were you starting to question anything about gender at all or was that still not in your vocabulary no very good yeah. questions uh it, it happened for me in chicago so it just so happened that i also was doing um youth uh educational outreach with the about face theater which is like the lgbt qia plus theater there mm -hmm. and with that like i was meeting other people, mm. <laughs> other artists and actors that identified outside of the binary or okay, identified yeah, yeah, as yeah. trans, but also in doing this educational outreach, like I was also learning, like I was starting to be given tools and resources and words and definitions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that started my like my okay. quest of searching, my quest of asking myself questions. Totally. 
Um, and then in addition to, again, just meeting again within that Chicago theater community, you know, someone at an, at an audition that is like, I use they, them pronouns. Like it just started to oh, infiltrate yeah, yeah. and filter into my sphere and into my community. Totally. And that's the way I started learning. Totally. Um, and with that being said, then, though, I don't think I fully was like, it kind of feels like it was like I woke up one day. <laughs> really? Yes. And I was, was like, like oh. you were downloading all this information. <laughs> I was. And then one day it was like software update complete. Like, exactly. <laughs> I think that's perfect. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. it. That's exactly that it. Where I felt like it started for me was yeah. a social transition. So mm-hmm. I said this name. Thank you, mom and dad, for gifting me this name. But I don't relate to it. I don't identify with it. It kind of makes me cringe. Like, it's a beautiful name, but it's just not for me. So I did my search to find a name that I felt connected to. And the Mm -hmm. way I chose it was how does it feel to say it? How does it feel to hear it said out loud? Mm -hmm. How does it feel to write it? And how does it feel to see it? And of course, does it flow with my last name? Because sure, of course. hello. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and of course, that thing of like my birth name started with an A, so I wanted yep. my name to start with a letter yeah. A. I mean, uh, it just makes it easier. Your initials stay the same. It's, it makes oh sense. yeah, your monograms. It does. You don't have to change it all does. Your it does. Yeah. But what's so funny? <laughs> So, so, okay, so name change first and pronouns. So that was the package of me saying these are now my pronouns and this is my name. And I remember sending out a lot of emails reintroducing myself. Um, I wrote a whole letter that I emailed to, like, my extended family. Like, Mm -hmm. I was ready to, like, step into this. And, like, I was like, ah, this is nothing. Well, yeah, <laughs> like, like, but it, it came with challenges. I don't want to sound cocky because actually it was a really hard uh, adjustment. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I felt like I was met with a lot of grace and a lot of acceptance from the people in my spheres, in my community, Aww. in my circles, and within my family. So it took, you know, time to be solid with these changes, uh, but people responded to it. And I don't feel like I got a lot of pushback um, or resistance. That's great. And um, I basically started my yeah transition there in Chicago socially. And then um, I still continue to act. That's something that people always seem to be very surprised about. Like maybe because of where I was, the city I was at. Like Chicago mm. was very progressive in terms of like having these conversations about diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt like I was kind of right in it as soon Mm -hmm. as it even started becoming a thing. So Chicago is full of people doing original works and doing wild things. So like I felt like I was always working as an actor. And that was 2017. I legally changed my name. Um, So that was a process. And I always need to give a shout out to the Transformative Justice Law Project of Illinois. Um, They help. They have volunteer attorneys that go to the uh, like the John Daly Center downtown, basically, where all the legal things happen. (laughs) And they set up every like uh, some Fridays, basically. And then you can go and they help you with the paperwork um, just to make sure you have everything you need. 
uh, at the time, I I mean, oh, money. I was able to get the the uh, $500 fee waived because that's how much it costs to legally change my name, um, which was a blessing. And then I had to go to court February 21st, 2017 to say, hey, judge, uh, I'm transgender and this is my name. So, uh, <laughs> And you were using the word at that point. So now Yes. Okay, so there you go. Okay. So within 2016-17, I started, honestly, it started with gender nonconforming. That mm-hmm. was like... Yeah. That was my entryway, like Uh gender nonconforming. And I didn't feel like trans was my word at one point. Mm. Um, Or I didn't know if it was okay for me to be like, I'm trans. Like I wasn't sure. Sure. um, Until another trans identified, another trans actor was like, hey, Avi, like we have this trans Chicago trans actor like group and we're going to do a brunch. Would you like to come? <gasps> and so then that again was an invitation That's for me to be cool. like, huh, am I trans? <laughs> like, <laughs> should I go to the brunch? <laughs> and so, the other, the other the brunch trans makes people trans. are seeing me as trans. <laughs> the brunch makes you trans. <laughs> brunch, the gateway drug. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, so you know what? I went. And yeah. I I did that's all that was a turning point for me to start using the word trans, transgender, mm-hmm. because by definition it is, you know, identifying with what you were not assigned with at birth. Yeah. And it was clear yeah. I did not. And I think yeah. so many people think it's linked to medical right. choices that yes. you make and that if you're not because I'm it sounds like you weren't doing anything medically at this point not or, medically or, yet or, yeah Correct. i wonder was Correct. do you feel like that was maybe part of why you didn't think you quote-unquote had the right or whatever to use the word trans because i think people really have an interesting line about the mm-hmm. difference between social transition and medical exactly definitely um, and i always say like it doesn't like nothing is just you know what I'm saying there's no one way to be trans no one way to be non binary yeah that's being broken down now but I yeah, think for a long is. time for a long time like mm-hmm. that it's was either this that yeah. and it's also looked at on a binary right like yes. so uh, that's the oh, other thing totally. is that like trans is looked at on the binary of like okay well if you were assigned mm-hmm. female at birth then you're transitioning to be male and if you were assigned male yes. at birth you're transitioning to be female and there's like it's it's a it it, yeah. <laughs> it has been understood as a black and white um mm-hmm. and i think in in recent years it has really i, I think i think expanded certainly i have uh, expanded my own understanding of it just by talking to to people um, but I feel like I have heard that from so many um, uh, trans non-binary folks mm-hmm. that they didn't know if they could claim that mm-hmm. that title, right? That, ident- yeah. that identifier. Yeah, absolutely. I've heard that as well. Yeah. I, I don't know if I was fully aware of it being that. I think mm-hmm. I was just a little scared. Sure. I think yeah. I was just a little nervous yeah. to, sure. to 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 to. To state that or name that or claim that, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but but yes, I've heard that too as well of people feeling like it's not their word because they mm-hmm. didn't X Y Z, you know, yeah. yeah. But no, so social happened. Okay, great. Medical came up later. Uh, it would be actually so. This would be two thousand eighteen. Yeah, so two thousand eighteen March. I went to. Uh, my therapist because in therapy at the time I was talking a lot about gender mm-hmm. um, and identity and everything like that and so um, 
I, uh, oh, oh yes, I made a consultation with a doctor where I was uh, going, which was like a LGBT health center. So that mm-hmm. was really nice too, to have that resource as well um, and access to that care. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like, they gave me a whole packet, basically, like this pack pamphlet of papers stapled together, telling me every single risk possible <laughs> of what could happen if I mm-hmm. choose hormone replacement therapy mm-hmm. and that there's different ways that I can begin that process if I would like to do that and take mm-hmm. testosterone. That's great. And then at the end, there's all they needed was my signature, basically my consent, and they would give it to me. Hmm. Wow. I wasn't ready yet. I felt like yeah. I, I, I needed time, and it took me until the end of December of that year to finally come around to say, I need to do this. Yeah. Um, it was a necessity at that sure. point. Were you in a rela- were you still in a relationship? Okay, like, y'all. Were you yeah, so okay, okay, okay. This is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I- I'm gonna try to <laughs> speak in this in an eloquent way, um, because I it is part of my story. And I know this is about being raw and honest, and I'm gonna be honest, this is something that I have not talked about really a lot or very much in a public platform or forum um i was and also i don't know if this is like trigger warnings uh about like is i am gonna talk about abuse okay um but about and this is very challenging because it's like oh man talk about being like you know caring so much about what people think or how they perceive me but i have to own that this was part of my my life and my trajectory but Mm -hmm. being i was in relationships with that one girl that broke up with her boyfriend Mm -hmm. i ended up cheating on her began dating someone else and then i broke up with that person and then began dating someone else Mm -hmm. so there was three partners that i had in chicago this is also a time where i feel like disassociation was definitely happening again and when Mm -hmm. i talked earlier about saying wow, I was not aware of the harm, not only was I was causing to myself, but the harm I was causing to others. Mm-hmm. I was, I would, I would say I was emotionally abusive in those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, in that last relationship, I had a very rock bottom moment um, where there was some physical uh, abuse and violence that I inflicted on her. Um, while I was under the influence of alcohol, uh, again, not an excuse. And that was also a moment of being, uh, not wanting to be on the earth anymore. And so things just started building and piling up and I did not have the tools or the resources or skills on how to process and handle my emotions. That is not yeah. something I was given growing up. How to mm-hmm. handle anger, how to handle all of these big feelings. Um, and so a lot of my coping mechanisms were very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so that had an impact and an effect. So the need to medically transition came out of that rock bottom moment. Mm. Um, 
And so I began hormone replacement therapy at the end of December 2018. January 1st was my very first testosterone shot. So it was very hard sometimes for me to talk about that because it's very attached to some very traumatic and like dark-sided stuff. Sure. Um, so, and then with that uh, would be 2000, what was that? 2018. Oh, yeah, that was, was it 2000? Oh, man, years. Needless to say, um, in Chicago, the theater community uh, is uh, was very into social justice and activism. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, these three partners decided to take to social media and mm-hmm. called me to or named me as an emotional and physical abuser uh, in an open letter to the Chicago theater community. And it, uh, um, the last partner w- was uh, the one that also, I think, began, did the letter first and foremost, and then uh, the other two, I believe, in support, shared their accounts and their experiences. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. um, that last partner basically, a few things that were said was like, we need to, and it's true. I didn't know what accountability was. It's clear I was in a toxic cycle of harm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was, I I did not have the tools and the awareness. And yes, it was brought to my attention. And it it, was it in a way that felt great? No. (laughs) Um, No, but it's what needed to happen or it's what they chose to do. Uh, in essence, I felt like a lot of what I built in Chicago yeah. quickly felt yeah. like mm-hmm. I- sure. irrelevant, not important. I lost jobs. I lost friends. Sure. Yeah. It became very, it became very challenging to be there. Sure. And I began a very, like they also said, like, we need to hold Avi accountable as if we would like a white cis man. Um, We need to like don't hire Avi unless they go through a very um, like rigorous, like therapeutic healing process. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like they had invited me to do a transformative justice process. Um, And I denied the offer at first because it came from a place of me finding out through friends that she was taking to Instagram live and not coming directly to you. Yeah. Correct. Which makes total sense. It was indirect. It's a correct. Hard, that's that's a really hard yes. one to to be like, yeah, no, totally. That's exactly that's great. Like exactly. Yeah, you're dealing with the shock of like this being put on blast right. immediately. Yeah. Yes. So that correct. makes complete sense. Correct. So that happened. And mm-hmm. then I felt like I had to uh, I, I, it did light a fire under my ass to really get in deep into what I need to get to to heal, to to make sure that I have more awareness and that I'm not doing this to someone else. I remember I think that was the first thing I went, I said, like when I started meeting with a new therapist again, being like, I don't ever want to do this to someone again. Mm-hmm. And so like it was... It was really hard, so I started EMDR. Uh, everyone has a different approach. And the way that I approached it was I held these, like, two little um, 
like vibrating like stimulator mm-hmm. like thingies yeah that, like yeah, pulsed yeah. and then we would i would go into like a, the earliest charged memory is what they call it, like a charged wow. memory that i could remember or recall and and then we're kind of like working through it and then in essence it's about like rewiring or rewriting that narrative yeah. of of whatever traumatic thing you experienced yeah um so i just was on this quest to really be like i want to figure out like everything that has built me up to be where I am yeah. <laughs> and to, to why I'm functioning this way yeah. and and find understanding and healing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, healing isn't linear. And so like it, it is a process. And I definitely decided to like not be in any kind of relationship while I was doing yeah. that process. Very smart. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um. And that was, though, about, like, what was that, like, eight months? I think eight months of of me then starting to get lonely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, sure. And being like, huh, what does, it, what does it look like to date? But I was very scared because I was like, how do I talk about this? Yeah. And how do I divulge and share this? Because it's certainly not anything I want to keep hidden or a secret. And no. I want to be honest and I want to be transparent. Yeah. So this was 2019, still single, doing my my healing work, my therapy. Um, I came to Los Angeles for Outfest because I was in a short film that was premiering. And it, (laughs) this universal thing and the cosmic thing of my wife now um, was a writer's assistant in a TV writer's room where the director of my short film was like the production, like a PA assistant, Mm -hmm. uh, a support staff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so he's announcing and telling everybody like, Outfest, my film, come see it. And then he's like, yeah, my actor, my lead is um, from Chicago and like they're trans and non-binary and they're coming for the premiere and I'm so excited. And then he said my name. And then her name's Christina. My wife, Christina, was like, Avi Roque? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love Avi. I've loved Avi since forever. What? <laughs> so, what? Okay, so this is me learning this way later, okay? So, okay. So I'm still feeling very sensitive about everything that I had gone through. Sure. Being like, but I'm in L.A. I want to have fun, a good time. Like, yeah. if something happens with with someone, like, okay, <laughs> maybe we can entertain it. I don't know. Um, anyways, we all go out that night. Also, I feel like I dropped, like, a bomb of, like, stuff. And then now I'm just talking about, is that... Was that too drastic? Oh, no, of a show? yeah, I no, don't want to interrupt, but let's okay. definitely. I'm so. Uh, I mean, because so I, I um, one, thank you for that. listening, I, yeah. and uh, yeah, sorry, I feel like I'm just brushing over that because it was a really big thing, and it's something that I want to learn to be more of an advocate for because you know yeah. I feel like this is a a common thing uh, with a lot of. I don't know, I might be assuming anybody masculine presenting or like trans masculine or like this trajectory um, of abuse and harm that can happen. Um, so anyways. Well, and I think just like it's because, so uh, yeah, I think, I think 
I mean, and, you know, it, it, obviously different for uh, cis men and trans men and, tra- and trans non-binary people and whatever. You know, everybody has a different um, uh, way in, I think, or whatever. Um, but certainly, like, our <laughs> uh, culture not uh, encouraging and, in fact, ab- actively discouraging um, uh, people who are masculine from um, emoting um, from and process, healthily processing their emotions, um, that all goes somewhere. And sometimes that looks like uh, uh, becoming abusive. Sometimes that looks like physically or emotionally. Sometimes that looks like a fucking heart attack. Like, right. I mean, really true. Sometimes it looks like cancer. Like, right. like there are very real ways. Sometimes it looks like shooting up a school, you know, sure. like, sure. like, so like there's, um, I mean, there is so much to unpack and to heal in the way that we are um as a society telling masculine people they should be and act and i think also i'm just i'm so first of all i'm so grateful for you being that vulnerable and telling us all of this and telling our listeners all this like I, I, yeah. I just can't tell you like the, how healing the level of honesty is. Just yes. in, like it's I, so it, valuable to talk about this stuff, mm. so it doesn't oh God, feel yes. like this thing that quote unquote right. only other people yes. do. Right. Yes, which I think is how we yes. think of these things. Yes. And we have to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, it's like like it's it's obviously not the same thing, but but. The language that you used around this in terms of like it being difficult to talk about and not having talked about it publicly, but feeling like you need to make it more of your story and whatever is the same language that the, uh, the very few people on this podcast who've talked about having cheated mm-hmm. have yep. used. Like, and it is personally the language that I have used ar- around having cheated sure. and like really trying to be more honest yeah. about that. And, you know, similarly, there is this, like, um, going back to what I talked about before, <laughs> this expectation of, like, uh, per- perfection in fidelity mm. or you're a monster. Right. And there is, like, there is zero, like, like room for anything or for your, like, people, people say once, binary, a che- once a cheater, always a cheater, right? right. That is, like, yeah. literally a saying. Yes. And so, you know, I think it it, it is whether it's harm emotionally like that or harm physically like the idea that somebody cannot heal that and whatever's causing that Mm -hmm. or come to cope with um the underlying causes of that better just feels um first of all very untrue and secondly um what a hopeless way of looking at humanity what a just like barren truly awful way of looking at humanity that we have no ability to grow and evolve if we truly invest in that healing in ourselves you know so i just so appreciate you being an example of that willingly and so vulnerably with us Thank you for a million reasons. Thank you. Of course. You're yeah. welcome. You're welcome. And I yeah. will add on. Yes. Uh, I mean, talk about, like, Nicole, how you said the word tomboy does a lot of heavy lifting. I hate that 
The terms canceled and cancel oh, culture God. have yes. become yes. meaningless yes. because we use <laughs> yes. them to describe yes. the most minor infraction to sure. fucking like Harvey Weinstein. So there's right. like no nuance, which I really hate about buzzwords in general. They become mm-hmm. it's like how everyone totally agree with is, this. Everyone is gaslighting now. It's like, no, right. some people are just lying. Like there's a, like <laughs> these words have meaning. Yes. But yes. I think that for in a lot of cases, there has to be the chance that we, they have to offer a path to healing and reform and yes. forgiveness, which is why I really like how you were saying that that in Chicago they were like, unless Avi goes yeah. through a rigor, but at least like they include that sentence and they put the offer out there. Right. And do we have to do that for everybody? No, we do not have to do that for Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby. There's some like, that's why I hate blanket statements in general. And for some people, the line is going to be different on who they think should be offered that and who should just be written off forever. And that's like an individual choice. And I'm not here to speak mm-hmm. on that. I think that depends on people's life stories and backstories, sure. but the option for at least some people has to exist or we can't move forward. And if people are super resistant to it, then it becomes like, well, now do you just like the pile on? Like, is that what, well, are, yeah, are you not, do. are you, exactly. But because it's it like, are you ad- not admitting? Yeah. yeah, so are you admitting that you're simply not open to the idea of anyone being able to be forgiven? Cause like, then we got to talk about that. Cause then it's like. Well, and if that's whoa, the case, yeah. like just to, you know, call out more hypocrisy. <laughs> within progressive communities because this is I am a, a progressive and I love doing this so I yeah I, but like truly it's it's the same you you cannot you cannot out of one side of your mouth say people are you know this person should be canceled f- forever a blanket statement because, you know, and nothing, no apology, no amount of anything is ever going to be enough. And so goodbye, bye forever. Mm-hmm. And then also before defunding the police and at police abolition, you can't. Right. Because the truth is that uh, if you want to close down prisons, there are going to be people in there who are minor offenders who should never be in there in the first place. But there are going to be people in there who are serious offenders who need <sighs> rehabilitation. And if you are saying, yes, I am pro like abolition, I am pro whatever, or I am at least pro like, let's tear down the system and build another one, then you inherently believe in the ability in in rehabilitation. And Mm -hmm. so those two, both of those virtue signaling things can't exist simultaneously. Like you, you either believe in rehabilitation or you do not. I don't know, yeah. you know, and I and I agree, like case by case, right? Is fucking was Jeffrey Dahmer ever going to be rehabilitated? No, like we're not, you know. There are lines, obviously. Yeah, but and the lines you know can saying? be uh, again for individuals. Like I think yes. that's okay. I don't want to criticize someone for being like I will never forgive this person just because I'm like really I think they could be forgiven. Like if it's their past sure. and their business, if they don't want to forgive, but sure. But in general, we have to move towards, and I think a huge huge part of that is people like you addressing these things and talking about them so that we don't just think it's like these celebrities or whatever or like people we read about people as black and white like people are just not and there is so much like like 
there is like to your point the 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 emdr is going to the root of trauma it's just recognizing that like when we hurt other people whether it's emotionally or physically mm-hmm. it is from a place of having been hurt right like hurt that people, is hurt what people. it is right. P- hurt people yeah. hurt people and yeah. like we have to give each other the grace to 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 any opportunity to heal that hurt within within themselves we just Definitely. have to Definitely. Anyway, no. Just, I, just thank you I'm so much you. for speaking about that. I, yeah, it's just so so important. Yeah, absolutely. So, but I understand and, that yeah. that's a that's a and that's a complicated you know intersection with your story with your coming yeah, out story too. It, it is. It yeah. is. It is. I I feel like I mean that's I mean the work that I do like it continues right and of like yes I'm in a marriage now and 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 I have love. And I think what's like now is is I was so consumed by my by by myself, like almost very much all my things for mm. so long. I think that also caused this like it's <laughs> like shield of, of blindness and, and lack of self-awareness sure. of, of, you know. But anyways, uh, yes, it, it is. I did start hormones and and out of that. Uh, and I, yeah. it, I knew though at the same time I was so happy and so excited. Um, and I decided to go the route of, of, um, I guess it's like microdosing. So it's kind of like starting at a very small amount mm. and then gradually or, um, over a course of like months of, of building my way up to like my max dose. I felt comfortable going smaller and getting bigger over time and plus um the doctor did say like that helps with your vocal change as well um so it's kind of easier on the vocal and you being a voice actor i would Uh, say well that's the thing y'all i wasn't a voice actor yet i don't Ah. even like talk Ah. about like yeah that's wild yeah, okay yeah. but you're still an actor and i as, was an, as actor, as an actor i was I, an actor still doing our yeah, instrument yeah so, yes, still an actor yes. like i said i feel like yep yeah. still doing theater <laughs> well if you don't want to hurt your instrument yeah. i mean regardless if somebody is like yeah this is gonna be harsh on your voice like immediately Definitely. i go like oh god you Definitely. Know, like, yeah yeah as a theater actor you're, you're just that's where your mind goes yeah, yeah. and i felt yeah. like this little experiment i was like i need to like go slow with this because sure. I, everyone One's body is different, so totally. how someone responds is going to be different. There was mm-hmm. no uh, like, this is what's going to happen, and even mm-hmm. the timelines they give you of when your voice will change, when you'll notice ex- excessive hair mm-hmm. growth, <laughs> like when <laughs> when you'll totally. see more like masculinization of like you know face yeah. or body or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, that was that began my process, uh, the, my journey with hormones and, and over time. And I took one photo. I did that thing of like taking one photo yeah. um, every first of the month yeah. um, for that yeah. year cool. to make my like, oh, I did. This is my one year on tea. <laughs> and That's so, cool. um, but yes. Yeah, so with that, then came the like really owning this like very like math like uh, uh, at that point i was only shopping in the men's department (laughs) um my hair was short (laughs) you know exclusive exclusively and and that's honestly what makes me feel good i feel my best 
in 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 these clothes yeah and and having my hair like this and then having fuzz on my face like (laughs) i feel amazing and it was that thing of finally being able to see like i loved this assignment that i did in therapy um during this transition medically was uh before i started hormones my therapist says why don't you draw a self-portrait of yourself of how you envision yourself looking Mm, like after the end of this and so like I believe it's like I'm wearing like these khaki sweats my shirt's off (laughs) I have top surgery scars and like some chin hair and I'm just like this (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so um, it's funny though like when you look at it though like that's it's me and so it was just this process has been lovely, but to be able to like, yes, you know, walk by a, a storefront window and catch my reflection, that euphoria that I got um, was just trans, trans, transcending. Is that is that the right transcendent? word? Transcendent. Transcendent. <laughs> is that the right word? I don't even know. I'm trying to be smart and use a big word. Yes, um, right. <laughs> um, and so that was that process. Um, I had top surgery. That was my next thing for me mm. was to do that, sur- that take that, uh, make that choice. And so I was able to do that with a surgeon in Chicago. I believe that was April 2019. Wow. Wow. So recent. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. April 2019. Um, and so then that was also the year I turned 30. Right, in May. Um, and then now we're into that summer when I said I came to Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. so you had like really really in the process of stepping into yourself yes. in like yes. emotionally, yes. physically, yes. Yeah, yeah. all of it. Correct. And that's Correct. when those loves come and in. That's what, but I wasn't looking. I wasn't looking for it really. That's when they come. That's when it, it happens. Is. It is. is when you're just like up, yeah. so up to your shit where you're like, yeah. you're like, yeah. I am invested in my yeah. healing. I'm yes. invested in like yes. in coming into my own. I'm invested in my mm-hmm. career, whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. but like that's when mm-hmm. it happens. <laughs> you feel fully like you. Yes. All the work that yes. It, it really yeah. is. It You're really, the healthiest it, it version really of is. yourself. Yeah. Yes. So, Correct. Yeah. Correct. Healthier yeah. than before. That's for sure. <laughs> for sure. Stuff. You know, we just yeah. want to keep getting healthier. That's you know. Yes. Yes. Our yes. bodies deteriorate. <laughs> Hopefully, our no, let's get emotionally healthy as yeah. physically. We're stooped over. Well, well, yeah. And but, and yeah. I know we I know we have to wrap up, but yeah, just yes, we, yes, we, yes. Real okay. quick, was did your family continue to be yeah. supportive yes. through when things oh, began becoming they, like this is really happening? Happening. It's going to be yes. medical. I'm going to look fully different. Yes, okay, yes, cool. yes. Uh, we had our moments, you know, again, God, so funny. Mom asked questions again, but only because she sure. was she, she was just like wanted to make sure I was going to be safe. Yeah. So sure, it was more course. out of like well, yeah. concern of safety and like, you know, but she was all, questions all for it. Questions are so much better than many other alternatives. True. I yeah. agree with that. I, agree. I much prefer questions over being like, mm-hmm. I disown you. Your, your, no, your and especially like, especially I just as a, oh my God. I mean, yeah. my perspective on everything is different now that I'm I a parent, know, but yeah. like, especially mm-hmm. as a parent, you're like, if you're, 
and I mean, my kid can't make any medical decisions sure. yet, as he is two years old. But um, oh. but eventually <laughs> he will be able to make medical decisions. Sure. And like, it's just anything that could harm your child. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. It's yeah, like you just have sure. a bazillion questions, Definitely. and it, it is never about like hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully it's never about not wanting your child to be happy. It's about yes. being like, please be safe. Yes. Oh my god, like mm-hmm. I love you more than anything in the entire world. Yes. Please don't and hurt yourself. That. Please be safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah, That's it's usually what it coming from that place. Yeah, it yeah. was. But yeah, no, everyone else was. We're all. Everyone's good. Everyone's all. I almost felt like I groomed my mom too. You know, yeah. it's like Overtime. we went through the sexuality thing at 16 yeah. you know okay 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 and then yes of course she this had is time the, she the... had time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I do that, I do understand yeah. that not with yeah. trans stuff but with poly stuff with sure poly stuff. Yeah. yeah and then we went, one we went last sexual oh sorry okay. but anyway yes please I, one last thing no yes. the one last thing about like with the transition and some of the positive things that came yeah. was of a career in, in voice acting and voiceover <gasps> awesome. um, so after I had tried to pursue voiceovers mm. uh, in Chicago pre-transition like literally like when I first moved there Mm. um, nothing came out of it Mm. so I gave up and I said well I guess I don't have what it takes for a voiceover so transition such a hard profession by the way yeah it is yeah, medically transitioned though my voice changed the <laughs> my entryway is an audiobook actually so it was because they just so happened to be looking for a narrator that was trans and latinx Yay. or latina oh, cool. and for a book a ya novel and That's so that so was great. my very first one and now yeah i've been narrating a lot of ya queer ya a novels um and then got that part for rain whispers on the owl house that's really cool yeah Yeah. that's so cool oh yay well and yeah more i mean i feel like a through line of this through line um uh moral of this story if you will is like Yes, the, uh, the the more you go toward your own truth and your own mm-hmm. your own genuine expression Correct. and your own healthiest self, yes. uh, the the more comes to your way. Exactly. <laughs> the more you actually Work end on up yourself. Yeah, yes. living living Peoples. like the the <laughs> yes. dreams. You know, the dreams yes. come when like you invest that much in yourself. It's Absolutely. just so so true. Absolutely. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Avi, thank you. This has no, been just you're, well, you're such wonderful. a good storyteller. Oh gosh, like, wow. I, I me, mean, I'm just like ah, blah, blah, blah. no. Thank no, you so much um, for inviting me to share my story. It's really been a pleasure to to have this conversation with you all. And to I felt very comfortable and, yeah. uh, to be vulnerable and to be honest. So thank you also for you know. Mm-hmm doing something like this it is important for us to share our stories and i know you know that so mm-hmm. it's Aww. just y'all are lovely i hope we call can hang out yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good to meet you. Nicole yeah. was so excited. I was excited because I was like, Nicole is so excited to bring this on. And you live up to and exceed all expectations. So oh, I'm so happy to know you. Love, it was love, just love. a vibe. It was a vibe. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be great. Um, Avi, if you want people yes. to find you or your work yes. online, where where can they? You know, I do the social medias, so I am on Instagram. Uh, I believe it's at Avi underscore Roque. 
and it's the same for TikTok as well. I'm trying to do a little TikTok in, but it's just for the Owl House fans, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) My videos are are, uh, nerdy and silly. Uh, And uh, yeah, I do Twitter, but I I don't use it as often, really. You know, it just feels like it's just there. Uh, But (laughs) yeah, I feel like that's the best way. And I do do... Uh, my best to check messages and DMs. So, you know, I always say don't hesitate to, to reach out if oh. you have any questions or, or anything like that. I, I also try to be a, a, men, a mentor and an ally uh, because I know it's important to have representation. Yes, so much. Yay, okay. Um, I am at Nicole Payson, uh <laughs> strictly on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I am at Lauren Flans on Twitter, Lauren underscore Flans on Instagram. We are at Coming Out Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our hashtags are hashtag Coming Out Pod, hashtag Found Ricky. Shout out to our patrons Sarah Wilson, Jim W., Jack, Kim, Simone, Adri, Tanya, Pooh, Mandy, Tia, Mix, Michelle Forbes, Sammy, Michelle, Kaz, Carmel, Kieran Smiley, Aaron Mitchell, Vanessa Hunt, Diego Hernandez, and BeyondClexa.com. If you would like to be on that list or check out any of our tiers of giving starting at $1 a month, you can go to patreon.com slash coming out pod. Uh, you can also go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts for free. Give us a five star rating and a nice review that also helps us. You can also share this episode directly with anyone that you think might benefit from Please. it for myriad reasons. There are so many reasons to share this particular pod mm-hmm. episode. Do it, do it. Um, that's a fantastic way to get people turned onto the show. So, um, Avi, thank you again. Yes. You're welcome. Much love, you too. Much love, Bank. All right, y'all. Have a beautiful week, and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye. 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 Bye.